buzzer beaters, heartbreakers, players returning. It was a great weekend of college basketball from the best conferences, the best team, all the way down to the worst team in Division I basketball. It's a full look at college hoops with sixth-year seniors. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I'm tired of losing to Purdue! I'm not here to round this week! That's why I got a college skip! That's why I was an All-American in Michigan! I could give a shit about North Carolina right now. Mikey, how you doing? I'm good, buddy. Super fun Saturday of basketball. I've been handling some other stuff around the, uh, the, the, the sixth year senior South studio on the next day, the day after. It's, it, it's good. Things are good. Very nice. I, I actually had my first Saturday away from the shoot job in about a month. Got to do some shoot job blues after we get done recording this. But uh, uh, before I go to that, though, I'm going to say go Bills plus 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I want to see him beat the Taylor Swift-led Chiefs tonight. The fix is in. You know that, right? And you're telling me the Bills are not going to win? That's exactly what I'm telling you. What's the over-under on Taylor Swift cutaways today? I don't have a calculator that goes that high, so I can't that one. But there, there will be shenanigans. I just, let's just know that. Well, if that's the case, then I become the biggest Baltimore Raven fan in the history of the world. Taylor Swift must end. Gross. Let's, let's just hope the Lions pull this off, because I, I, I really don't feel good about Buffalo winning either. I know, I, I know you have some vested interests, but... I think the Lions might be able to pull off, get into the Super Bowl at least. Debo Samuel might not play this coming week. Yeah, that was unfortunate for, for the Niners, yeah. Yeah, and without Debo, the Niners are not quite the same team. They probably shouldn't have won Saturday night anyway, but I wasn't paying that much attention to the football game. There were other things that had my uh, my attention late <laughs> in the evening on Saturday. We'll talk about that in a minute. Where do we start, man? This was a great weekend of college basketball. The, the top 10 remains in churn cycle because it turns out it's hard as hell to win on the road in, in college hoops, especially in conference. I always come out here and say it every freaking week because it's freaking true. Let's, let's go. Call it. The, the best way to start, whenever Kansas, Duke, and or Kentucky all lose on the same day, that's a good day. We had two of those happen on Saturday. Kansas travels to West Virginia, and as you said, it's hard to win on the road, and Kansas could not. West Virginia pulls the upset, 91-85. As we signed off the last time here, I I was sure to throw in, hey, by the way, Kansas has got to go to Morgantown, and I, you know, it's hard to win on the road, but going to Morgantown in particular, even if West Virginia is six and eleven or whatever it is, it's not an easy road trip. And look what happens: Kansas finds himself in a dogfight after a bonkers first half of basketball, and the Mountaineers close them out down the stretch. I could not believe it. As it, I thought West Virginia would give them a game. I didn't think they had the uh, the gumption to actually do the deed, but they did it. Good on the Mountaineers. Hell of a game, too. Oh, it was amazing. I I noticed it at halftime when they were tied at 51, and they combined for uh, 15 threes in the first half. I, yeah, it was just insane. Makers. Yeah. Rakeem Battle finally closed the door on Kansas. He got the long rebound off of a missed three, hits another. That gave him a four-point lead late. Kansas never rebounded. My God, yeah, that was that was just amazing. 102 points in the first half of that ball game. It's one of those for Kansas where it's like, yeah, you know, chalk this one up for, for a road game. 
everybody comes out here and says, oh, the Big 12's a gauntlet. And I'm going to follow up on this in a little while, too. If you're Kansas, you really can't be doing the J-O-B to West Virginia right there if you really want to be taken seriously as the number one seed in the tournament in a few weeks. So they're going to have to uh, dust off the jerseys and, and, and solve that because that's, that's not a good, uh, good look on the old tournament resume there. Well, at least they now have a game plan on how to beat a top team while at home as an underdog, which they'll have to do in a couple of weeks when Houston comes there. Mm, okay. All right. Yeah. Let's let's keep. <laughs> yes, you're, you're I'm, 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 you're I'm staying so there. delusional on Houston having a chance to win that basketball game. I'm just throwing that out there. Kansas is going to get every call. So uh, so the, uh, the 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 controversy in this game, Kansas does not get. The call, West Virginia, the word on social media was they got some home cooking. I thought that Creasy got fouled as they were trying to get up the court there. Or I don't know if it was Creasy or not. Maybe Creasy made the pass. Everybody was screaming for a 10-second violation. Eight seconds had gone off the clock. They had two more (laughs) seconds to get across half court when Kansas threw the press on them. And then West Virginia, quote-unquote, gets bailed out by the foul call. I thought it was legit foul. It looked like he got hacked on the forearm. But whatever. West Virginia makes their free throws down the stretch and, and the Mountaineers win. So, uh, Is that possibly why ESPN put this game on a plus so that people didn't realize the fucking well, uh, refereeing? I don't remember if I if I made the point that this game was on the plus, but of course the the biggest win for West Virginia basketball in like five years happens on the West Virginia Sports Network ESPN Plus. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. For if if Kansas is going to get screwed allegedly on calls, let's at least hide it on the plus. That's good good work, mothership. Then the other loss that everybody was really thrilled about Pittsburgh mm. also gets hot from behind three defeats Duke. 8076 at Cameron. In Durham, absolutely. So I can come out here, run my mouth, and say how hard it is to win on the road. Pitt is the one winning on the road here, going to Cameron. Duke can't even manage home court. Duke kicked the crap out of Pitt just like 11 days prior up in Pennsylvania. I know, and I know Duke was missing uh, McCain. And Roach. Was McCain? I think it wasn't McCain. It was the other guy. Who cares? They're down two starters. I don't care. Duke, it's Cameron Indoor Stadium. It's it's all the you know, all all the ghosts and gremlins and whatnot. You got Kyle Filipowski, you got dudes. And it's Pittsburgh for crying out loud. And it's Pitt, absolutely. Blake Henson was bonkers. Seven of seven from downtown. And gave the Cameron Crazies a piece of his mind. At the end of the ball game, getting up on the scores table at an all-time moment. Oh, did he? I did not see that. We talked about Marshall Henderson. Oh, it was more. It was. It was the. It was the evolution of Marshall Henderson. Up on the scores table, and I. I think I sent you the. I think I sent you a picture. You have to check it out. The middle fingers flying from the Cameron Crazies. The Crazies had goaded him into a technical foul early in the second half. Here's how you know you're at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Pittsburgh had seven personal fouls on them before the first media timeout of the second half. Duke shot 25 free throws at home and lost. It was that kind of night in the ACC and yeah, uh, Henson. Like the the only thing missing from Henson's post game shenanigans was the ravishing Rick Rude gyrating on the scorers table. <laughs> had he done that, had he done that, I, I'm not sure I'd be here today. I'd be in a hospital, still uh, you know recovering from from laughter uh, after last night. But yeah, the Dukies Dukies missed free throws down the stretch. Pitt just made more plays as uh, as as things developed. It was a fantastic scene. The Cable brothers go in and, and knock off the old alma mater. And I know Jason went to Carolina. He's a dookie now. Uh, we, we made that trade. It, we made the trade midweek. So Jason is officially a dookie now. In, in return, Duke traded Jason Williams, Carolina. That was a transaction earlier this week. After uh, some ESPN commentary shenanigans, but yeah, big big win for Pitt and uh, and quite the little blemish there. Home lost to Pitt for the Dukies, so not a good look. We'll get to the ACC in a minute, but that breaks some things for uh, for for the old Tar Heels. We'll get to in a little while. Yeah, so let's go back to these two conferences. We'll start with the Big Twelve. 
the best conference in the land by far and by Oh, God. time out! Time, time out! Time out! Time oh, out! No. I told I told you I was fired up. I told you I was fired up and this is and, this, and that that type of comment is exactly the kind of crap that I'm out here ready to defend right now or to argue oh, against or no. whatever. I'm a, look, I'm not no 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 no. Hang on. Yes. The Big 12 is the best conference in the land. But you can't come out here, and I'm not saying you, I'm talking to all these other jabronis out here uh, on social media running their mouths. It's You can't, in, in the same breath, say that the Big 12 is so great because, oh man, you know, it's, it's a gauntlet. Kansas goes on the road and loses to UCF, or Houston lost to UCF, and Kansas loses to to, to West Virginia. Oh, it's a gauntlet. And then, and, and then the same breath, say, oh, the ACC's so down because Pitt can go on and beat Duke. You can't have it both ways, damn it. Give the ACC some respect. I'm getting pissed off. Now, Big 12, best co conference in the land. You can continue. I'm with you. I just say it can't be both ways. Pick your battles. Big 12, best conference in the land. Go. Hey, at least next year, the Big 12 is in incorporating California into their conference. Let's not, look, let's not talk about football <laughs> shit, all right? We're not talking about that oh, right no, now. Oh, no, I'm not talking about football either. They could I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about Cal. Eves in Louisville and Cal next year. If, if, we, if, this was, if this was basketball related, we wouldn't have Cal and Stafford coming to the ACC, and you know it. So let's, you're just, let's keep poking the, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm feisty tonight, man. I'm not here for this bullshit. <laughs> Oh, and I'm I'm fully invigorated. I I I got everything to poke at you today. <laughs> oh, oh, let's go. So in the Big Twelve earlier in the week, because it is such a gauntlet, Kansas State beats Baylor in overtime, sixty-eight sixty-four. Arthur Kaluma hits the big three while being fouled, gets the four-point play with twenty seconds left. Baylor loses for the first time in the Big Twelve. Caught the very end of that one, yeah. And then they got to turn around and, and stay on the road for a doozy of a game on Saturday. My God, yeah. They lose to Texas 75-73. It looked like they were heading to overtime after Baylor's Jalen Bridges hits that three with about five seconds to go. No, as no. Pure a three, as pure a three as you'll ever see. I mean, that barely touched the net going down. It was like a perfect shot. It barely touched the net. But no. You can't have good things all the time. Tyrese Hunter drives all the way down the court. The hook and ladder play. Between like three guys. It, it kind of reminded me of Danny Ainge going through Notre Dame back in, my God, I think that was like the late 70s. Yeah, see, you know, I think it was 81. And here's the here's the generation gap because I thought it was Ty Sedney going the distance for UCLA. Uh, okay, there's another one, yes. Yeah. In 95. Yeah. But yeah, Texas runs the hook and ladder play. It was great. And the layup hung uh, hung up on the rim long enough to run the clock out, too. Because had it banked straight in, Baylor would have had probably six, seven-tenths of a second to, to make a desperation heave. And then on Saturday, you had just a ton of great games. Uh, we could talk about Iowa State and TCU. We could talk about Oklahoma's victory. But the best one that I saw was Texas Tech beating BYU 85-78. And Tech is now 4-1 and one in the conference. Raiders still uh, still just chugging along under the radar here. Yeah, they lost to Houston. We said it last week. They were going to lose to Houston midweek, and, and no problem with that. No, no, turn no big deal there. Yeah. No big deal. No, there's no shame in that. But to turn around and knock off BYU the way they did, you know, as bad as they looked out of the gate, because they were down big early, Red Raiders charged back at home, defend home court, in a big-time win there for, for Texas Tech. Yeah, they came back from 17 down. I think there must have been four or five games on Saturday where teams came back from, like, anywhere from 15 to 20 points down. I, I, I think that's what made Saturday so much fun. The Raiders, by the way, are off midweek, then they travel to Oklahoma on Saturday, then they have TCU on Tuesday. A couple of tough games there. If they can split that, and come out of that five and two, that's a win. Absolutely. So now let's go to your ACC midweek oh, game. The ACC so it's so down. It's so down this year, Al. I I, I just can't you're get over one, it. It's you're just... the one who was saying it was down. You were the one. <laughs> <laughs> Tobacco Road is back. There was a great game midweek. NC State eighty three, Wake Forest seventy six. Almost had a brawl. 
at the end of that game. Kevin Keats gets tossed. There were like a million technical fouls called in this game. DJ Horn is given the double middle finger to the referee behind his back <laughs> while shooting free throws with two seconds left. It was a total shit show at PNC Arena. The upper mid card in the ACC uh, delivery. We're booking heat. We're booking heat in the Crockett territory this year. We got Blake Henson uh, dancing on the on the scorers table at Cameron. We got middle fingers and brawls between a couple old Big Four rivals, NC State and Wake. Uh, this is good stuff. And then uh, NC State turns around and and does the job to Virginia Tech on uh, over the weekend. So so way to way to keep up appearances, Wolfies. Good good work. Another team doing constant jobs is Miami of Florida. After mm, a they're final, in trouble. After a Final Four performance last year, they lose to Syracuse on Saturday, 72-69. Quadrant Copeland, buzzer beaten three. And the Hurricanes the now horn. are three and four in the ACC. As Syracuse was running that final, they were, they were throwing some haymakers back and forth in the final couple of minutes there at the, at the Don't Call Me the Carrier Dome. As Syracuse was running that final play, I swore they were going to run out of time. It, they were driving right, and then instead of going to the hoop, they they kicked back with the skip pass to the left wing, and I swore there was not enough time for one the pass to get there, let alone get it off. And uh, he got it off with about two or three tenths of a second left, so plenty of time, and it was pure the whole way. Big time win for Cuse, and like I said, Miami is uh, is dragging right now. They're they're in trouble. And with all that going on. North Carolina has continued to win. They have a two-game lead right now and still unbeaten in the ACC. Went to Boston College, won by double digits. That's four double-digit road wins for my Tar Heels. They've got Wake Forest Monday night, and then they're at Florida State next weekend. If they win those two games, they are basically three up on everybody except for Duke at this point. And they'll have Duke in two weekends. So it's going to be... Carolina's got a chance to to really put the hammer down on the ACC here. They're very well-rounded. R.J. Davis making his case for National Player of the Year. Just continues to put up 20 points a game just consistently. The heels are good. We'll see if, they, if the rest of the league got anything for them. But if they... If they can keep this winning streak going, it's going to be over before uh, before Valentine's Day. Last week, I said that I thought Penny Hardaway had maybe <laughs> learned how to coach. Well, what do you know? I jinxed them. Memphis loses twice in a row and horribly in both cases. Brutal. They fall to South Florida in midweek, 74-73, blowing a 20-point lead. Mm -hmm. And then today, we're recording Sunday, breaking the fourth wall, folks. Hi, Colt Cabana. Memphis loses 81-79 to Tulane. And that Tulane crowd was hot. It was a hot crowd. Absolutely. good. Uh, the the good FCC good probably didn't crowded. like the crowd, but it was hot. <laughs> That yeah, bullshit and, 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 chant got awful loud, awful amount of times. <laughs> right, right on, right on time, right on script. Memphis does does a couple of jobs, and and, and we're wondering whether whether the Tigers are paper or not. It, it, right on schedule. You said it. You said it yourself. I, I'm going to start believing just in time for them to prove me wrong, and, and they proved us wrong. We'll see if they can rebound. But all of a sudden, our confidence is very, very shaken in Memphis. Yeah, so let's get to a couple of points here from their opponents. South Florida's victory over Memphis was their first over a ranked opponent since 2012 and their second largest comeback ever. Also, remember I was telling you about the kid with a lot of emotion and a lot of energy for South Florida? That was Cassine Pryor, who made the free throw with four seconds left to close the door on Memphis. Damn. Yeah, and, and then the Tulane loss wouldn't be that bad if they hadn't lost to South Florida earlier. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But for Tulane, it was their first win over a top 10 team since 1983. And that's when they beat Memphis when they were both in a Metro Conference. Oh, that's, a, that's quite the callback there. Good Lord. Kevin Cross, 21 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. That kid is a stud. If he can find 
just a couple of complimentary players around him, Tulane's going to be dangerous. They might already be dangerous. Absolutely. Hey, I got a quick trivia question for you. Can you name some of the teams that were in the Metro Conference? All right. The old school Metro. So. I mean, this was a fantastic conference back in the day. Memphis and Tulane. Yep. Florida State. Yep. Louisville. Now, back in 1983, when Memphis Memphis lost to Tulane, it was only a seven-team conference. Was Louisville not part of it yet? They were part of it. Okay. Um, Oh, and by the way, Memphis was named Memphis State. Memphis State, yes. That was still Memphis State, absolutely. Um, Oh, man. Uh, Cincinnati? You got it. Two to go. Was Xavier part of that yet? No. Okay. I I don't remember Xavier ever being part of it. I, 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 I'm not sure they, I, you're right. I'm not sure they ever were. Uh, the two teams remain. Uh, no, DePaul was always a, uh, uh, an independent until okay. they finally moved into uh, the Big East. Uh, help me out. I, I, I got nothing. One of the teams in the ACC, the others in Conference USA. Pitt, uh, no, Pitt was Big East. Virginia Tech? You got it. All right. And you said the other, was, uh, other one's current Big East? Uh, no, uh, Conference USA. Oh, Conference Oh, UAB. No, I don't know where they came from. Help me out. I got none. Uh, let's see. In football, they had a very famous quarterback who wasn't that good in college, ended up becoming a Hall of Famer with oh, a wow. skewered reputation. Hall of Famer with a skewered reputation. Who his backup is now trying to overlap. What the hell? Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, Southern Mississippi. Southern Miss, God damn it! Okay, that makes sense. I, that still would be a great conference. Put one more team in there, and that. that in fact, let's see. Uh, St. Louis actually was in there at one time. We can put that in. That's a nice eight-team basketball conference. Oh, it's almost like eight-team basketball conferences are the way it's supposed to be. But we can't have that because we can't have nice things in in post-capitalism era United States. Thanks a lot, everybody, for ruining it. Frickin' Well, Since you mentioned the Big East, let's go there. And the number one team in the nation, at least according to voters who apparently don't know as much as Ken Palm does. Connecticut survives at Villanova 66-65. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. So, 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 what, what does Ken Palm know so much that, that UConn's not the number one? Houston. Team? Who should be the number one? Team? Houston. I don't, the Big East is just as much of a gauntlet as the Big Twelve is, and they just UConn goes on the road and beats Villanova. They didn't lose no UCF. Come on. Georgetown, DePaul, UCF, West Virginia. Oh, forgot West Virginia beat Kansas. They're a gauntlet now too. They're a wagon. By the way, that meaningless three at the end of the game by Villanova meant a lot to people in the desert. Oh, Brent Musburger somewhere, somewhere rolling around a little uncomfortable, squirming. The home team was a four-point dog. It moved to a home dog victory from a push. From a push, absolutely. You kind of gotten up, uh, up by double digits right out of the gate. I think it was 11 nothing. Villanova called, uh, clawed back, but... Tristan Newton gets 25 points. Uh, UConn, they, they could score from all over the place. They're paying the ass. I'm sure Danny Hurley was bitching and whining for two hours last night. Marquette wins at St. John's, or should I say, actually, Duke's home court. <laughs> 73-72. Johnny's shot at the buzzer does not go in. And the reason that happened was because Marquette opened as a one-point favorite but closed as a one-point dog. Had they been a favorite, that shot would have gone in. <laughs> uh, good road win there for Marquette. They uh, had been a little shaky for a couple of weeks, so good good rebound. Uh, good rebound there. The Johnny's still so close, yet so far away, but they're uh, trending in the right direction still. And then Creighton gets a 97-94 triple overtime victory at Seton Hall. Hell of a game. Down there at the Rock. And again, going on the road. Having to grind out three overtimes. That's a big time win for the Blue Jays. They were just throwing... That was that, was that game. The St. John's game. 
the Miami-Syracuse game and the Texas-Baylor game were all on in the same window. Or, and Boise State-San Diego State, they were all on at the same time in that early Saturday session. It was wild. You didn't and have great. enough pictures in picture, huh? I did not. I had four. I needed five. C- couldn't do it. But uh, Creighton-Seton Hall, a contender for game of the year. It was just back and forth, back and forth. Creighton finally makes a couple more plays in the, in the final session to, to sneak away. Hell of a, hell of a win for the Blue Jays on the road fighting through that one. Ryan Kalkbrenner had 28 points, 9 rebounds, 7 blocks, 54 minutes of action. God damn. That means he spent one minute on the bench in three overtimes. That's fantastic. Even with that loss, Seton Hall 6-2. and two. Remember, they beat Connecticut in their conference opener. Yep. I'm not sure if they're still legit. They've got a really rough February schedule. But until somebody beats them, they are 6-2 and two and just a game behind Connecticut. You are what your record says you are. So there you go. Over in the SEC, talking about your record is what it says you are. Tennessee hammers Alabama 91-71. Yeah. I talked up Bama a couple of weeks ago and saying, you know, I think they might be finding something here. I would expect a little more out of the tide going on the road against Tennessee. I don't know, Tennessee, Tennessee's really good. Tennessee's fantastic. But I thought Alabama would have more form than this. Uh, the Vols had their way pretty much the whole the whole game. That, when that Tennessee offense gets going, they are, they're a pain in the ass. Yeah, Tennessee ended up with 16 steals. Bama finished with 22 turnovers and only 56 shots. Mm. That is not a way to win a basketball game. Before we move on and, uh, and and pay the sponsors, last note in the SEC, Kentucky, Georgia. The Cats got 7-2 Zvonimir Avishik back. Real is this your dude with 16 now. letters in the last name? This is not that guy. This is not that guy. But the final score was 105-96. Georgia scored like the last 16 points of the game to make this look better. Kentucky destroyed a pesky Georgia team. Mitchell had 23 Reeves had 21 but the the Russian guy 13 16 minutes first game of the season 16 minutes 13 points three of four from downtown oh Um, boy he is going to give Kentucky a brand new level of capability on offense if they can get his uh if they can get his stamina up to, to where he can play 25 minutes a night the ceiling for the Cats has unfortunately been raised, and it's something you're going to have to keep an eye on. So just throwing that out there, keep that one on the radar going forward. Uh, of course, I'm not happy to hear that. Uh, we might have to send him on a vacation until March. If so, who might we call to have that done? Man, send him back to the Mediterranean, get him back into Europe, take a cruise, and by doing that, Hit up Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel, uh, all major cruise lines, whether it's Carnival, Royal Caribbean, Norwegian, Disney, Celebrity. Cruises are great because you get on the boat, you can go see shit. All the food's there. It's fantastic. You don't even have to get off the boat if you don't want to. Just enjoy the views, enjoy the weather. It's fantastic. She can hook you up with which, which cruise, which itinerary, which destinations you need to uh, partake in on your next awesome getaway. And if you don't want to do that, all-inclusives. Disney, South Florida, South, Southern California, Universal, all that stuff. She, uh, she's your girl. She can take care of you. Find her on social media, WP Magic Journeys on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Custom-made itineraries for you and your traveling crew at no additional charge to you. Tell her you heard about her on 6th Year Seniors. She'll give you $25 off your next trip deposit. Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. She makes the plans. You make the memories. I know where we're not making memories, and that's the Big Ten. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. I, I think the Big Ten's trash, and, and it's not going to get half the, the coverage of being trash that the ACC uh, is allegedly getting, but I, I think it's Purdue, Wisconsin's eh, and the rest of the league is garbage, but prove to me otherwise. Well, I can tell you that Illinois is going to play a piece of that story before the end of the year. We'll get to that in a second. But I enjoyed Penn State beating Wisconsin on Tuesday, 87-83. 
the university gave out free tickets to any student who would actually show up at the game in sub-zero temperatures. <laughs> and after Penn State won, that small group stormed the court. That's freaking awesome. That's fantastic. I've been waiting for Wisconsin to, to slip up somewhere along the line. They finally did. Uh, yeah, the weather up in the Northeast was horrible midweek this week. And, uh, and, and, and good, for the, good for the PSU students for, for getting out there and having some fun. Good stuff. Hey, by the way, speaking of weather, did you see that San Diego and Portland was postponed because of bad weather out in the Portland area? Oh, I did not. Did not see that. So there's two stories with that. The college game was postponed due to ice. San Diego couldn't get to the arena. Uh, probably has much history with driving in bad weather as Mike Shashevsky. <laughs> but also, did you see that DeAndre Ayton of the Portland Trailblazers missed the game the other day because he could not get out of his house? Oh, good Lord. I did not see that. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and, and the, the stat line actually says on the box score, DNP ice well it is what it is man i've seen that i i I caught 13 15 inches of snow flying out west last week man so yeah i know know the feeling good grief i mentioned illinois they have terrence shannon jr back off-court controversy but i think the right thing has been done in this case he received a temporary restraining order to be able to return to the team which had suspended him because he's been charged, not convicted, charged with rape from a September incident in Lawrence, Kansas. His next court date isn't until February 23. He simply wants his due process. I think this is a good thing. Now, he's guilty. That's a whole other story. But right now, we don't know one way or the other. Throw the book at him if that's the case, absolutely. But do. Due process, and it's until proven guilty. Absolutely. It kind of reminds me of, if you remember the San Diego State punter, Matarazzi. Yeah, the, God, I can't remember what the nickname was, the punt god. Yeah, and I mean, he was drafted, I think, in the second round by the Buffalo Bills, who, by the way, are tied 3-3 as we speak late in the first quarter. Oh, it's 3-3, thank you for that update. But he was accused of rape and most immediately cut by the Buffalo Bills. He still does not have a job in the NFL. Prosecutors never filed criminal charges against him. The woman who filed a civil suit against him and four others dropped Arazi from the civil suit in December. Arazi always Mm. claimed that he had consensual sex with her before the other guys did whatever they did. And he's proven since that he wasn't even at the party at the time that she claims the other guys raped her. Word to, word to the wise out there. Be careful the crowd you keep. All right? And that goes for everybody. Just be careful the crowds you keep. Yes. Yes. You are a professional athlete. There are women who want your money and will do anything to get it. Oh, hell, uh, uh, who's the NBA player? Who just got cleared? Uh, Giddy, Giddy, uh, because oh, that a, 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 some social media video came out with him with an underage girl. Giddy's like 20, 20 to seventeen isn't that big a deal. Apparently, they were at a nightclub together. I mean, by law, that's wrong, but it it, it was just rumor and innuendo that they would did something that was illegal, but the video didn't show anything. Again, due process. That's all we ask. By the way, Shannon came off the bench Sunday, scored 16 in Illinois' win over Rutgers. Do you have anything else on the Big Ten before before I jump in here with breaking news? Oh, no. You got breaking news? Fire away. I have breaking news, and I have very, very important breaking news. Mike Krzyzewski is no longer the winningest head coach in college basketball history, ladies and gentlemen. Stanford's Tara Vandermeer. Oh, yeah, I saw that she was close. So th- 12-0-3, baby! Stanford won. All 12-0-3 right. for Tara Vanderveer. Absolutely. So eat shit. Hit the brick, Shashevsky. You can ride out off in that golf cart just like you did at the Superdome back in, back in April 22. Get the hell out of my life. 
Now we can go on. Very important stuff. Speaking of women's basketball, did you see Caitlin Clark uh, taking bumps at the end of the Ohio State-Iowa game today? I saw she put up 45. Yeah, and they lost in overtime, and Ohio State stormed the court afterwards, and, and a fan ran into her, and then she flopped like J.J. Reddick taking a three <laughs> in 2005. Did, she looked like Mr. Perfect taking the Texas Tornado Punch. She did a double spin and like fell down like she was not. It was hilarious. Just just throw that out there. Caitlin Clark's a badass, uh, but it was a total flop as uh, as they were storming the court. Give the, give the players time to get off the court, people. Then you have all the fun you want. And, and then on the other hand, and then on the other hand, if if the player wants to jump up on the on the scorer's table and and, and do the Rick Rude dance, do that too. But. Just, 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 just be cognizant of the players getting off the court. Just don't run into anybody. Be careful with well, it. Well, okay, that's just it. Don't run into anybody. Be cognizant. But we don't need to give time for the players to get off the court. We don't need. You know, you're right. I, I, yeah, you, I, yeah, you're right on that. We don't need to give time. But, but look, just, just w- watch your ass. That's all I'm saying. Caitlin Clark got mentioned by a a, a friend of ours in the media today, talking about could Caitlin Clark be a second-round draft pick in the NBA. Let's do it. I'm here for it. I, I, I think she's probably talented enough, but like a lot of co- male college basketball players, I don't think she'd be able to find her own shot in the NBA. I don't either. And I'm not I saying that that's do. bad, because there's a lot of dudes who can't find their own shot. In the absolutely. NBA. Absolutely. The, 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 the name that came to mind almost immediately was she's Jimmer Fredette. Great shooter can't find his own shot. That's fair. That's that's, that's fair. On the end, playing with the best professional men in the world, absolutely. She's a baller, though. I can't hate. Yeah, I mean, I think she's only maybe six foot tall. Yeah, and she's she's going to run into a lot taller defenders out on the out in space. And again, that's a matter of finding your own shot. Wingspan, speed, yeah, it, yeah. It, it it wouldn't end well. But I'm here. I'm here for the circus, though. Let's oh, do me it. Me too. I, if somebody can set screens for her, she'll be able to knock down shit. Yeah, absolutely. Because she's got range. Lord, she's got range. Let's move on to men's college basketball. West Coast Conference. We had a unique situation Saturday night, late, where St. Mary's and San Francisco played to become the last remaining unbeaten team in conference, and it's not Gonzaga being involved. Mm. St. Mary's first six baskets were threes. They took a 19-7 lead, never looked back. It wasn't even fun to watch. St. Mary's now, lone unbeaten in the West Coast Conference. Gales are looking real good. Oh, yeah. They, they're, they're, looking, they're looking like they could, they could be a second weekend team. Uh, in the NCAAs, they got screwed last year when um, I, I forget who the kid was, but it was their their key six man got hurt late in the first half of that NCAA tournament game, and they were never the same. Yeah, in the Mountain West, UNLV snaps the longest home winning streak in the nation at Boise State, winning Tuesday, sixty eight sixty four. Rob Wally scored eighteen off the bench. And that was Boise's first loss in conference. Yeah, I talked up the home winning streak, and then I was like, ah, you know, they ought to be able to deal with Vegas, San Diego. I don't know if Boise got caught you, looking you, ahead. You, you, you jinxed them like I jinxed Memphis. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But then, but then we get breakfast potatoes with the early start. Mountain West getting some CBS Prime action, and Boise uh, knocks off the, the national finalist Aztecs there at Extra Mile Arena. And, and restarts the streak again. So Boise's looking looking frisky out there in the Mountain West. Yes, I said the ACC's down. Mountain West is going to get more teams in the in the tournament than the ACC. It's happening. It's happening. I'd, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. That said, the, we do have to put sixty eight teams in the tournament. So the ACC is probably going to wind up getting and oh lord, the Big Ten will get three more teams in the tournament than they have any business getting in. Which means two think, more crappy teams in the NIT. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I do, I, I do think the Mountain West is going to get more teams in the ACC. It's it, God, it's wide open, and the basketball's good night in, night out. One other game I wanted to look at real quick: uh, Colorado State comes from behind to beat UNLV at home, sixty-eight, sixty-four on Friday. UNLV blows a ten-point lead with thirteen minutes to go. 
and I've seen UNLV do this a few times, so I decided to look up some numbers. In games decided by 10 points or less, UNLV is minus 14 in the final 10 minutes of those games. In games where it's 10 or more, they're plus 23. Choke job down the stretch for the Rebels. Interesting. That's that's good. That's good data there. And I'd I'd love to see it within the last five. I can only get the last ten from Ken Palm. I'll bet you the last five, it's even worse. Good lord. Talking about big conferences that don't deserve multiple bids. Let's go to the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Colorado beats Oregon 86-70. Then Oregon also loses to Utah 80-77. to And just like that, Arizona's back atop the Pac-12. Just like that. Although they, although Arizona tried, tried to, to mess around over the weekend. They did. UCLA's looking better. By the way, Buffalo just scored. Hot dog. Boom. There we go. UCLA's finally gotten healthy, and they're looking good. They had a phenomenal first half shooting against Arizona, but then couldn't keep it together. They're eight and eleven right now, three and five in conference. What do they have to do now to get into the NCAA tournament? Can they, or are their season is their season already done without winning the Pac-12 tournament? Yes, they basically have to run the table at this point. You're already talking running table. Go fifteen and five in conference. Win their last twelve games. Basically, they might be able to slip up one more time along the way. And if, they, and if they've got Arizona again, catch, catching them at Pauly and winning would, would be massive if they were able to, uh, to put such a, such a run together. But it ain't happening for the Bruins. Let's see. Do they have Arizona again? Yes, they do. Uh, last week of the season, March 7th. There you go. So you finish strong. Boom. Let's run through some of the smaller conferences now that you may not have heard from. Sanford gets a key win at Western Carolina, 75-71 on Tuesday. Anchor, anchor, or maybe it's a chore, a chore, scores a career-high 35 points. Sanford knocks Western Carolina from the land of unbeaten. They're now 16-2 and overall have the nation's longest winning streak at 16 after opening the season 0-2. Oh, that's interesting. Something to keep an eye on there in the SOCOM. Oh, hey, and by the way, forgot to mention, with Boise losing the longest home court streak in the nation, Virginia now has that streak. I believe they're at 20. Jesus Christ. At least give me a warning so I get my vomit back. (laughs) Good grief. They have a game Saturday, I think, that could be tough for them. Oh, it's midweek. On Wednesday, they have North Carolina State coming in. Ooh, and the Pack's going to be a little pissy, too. Oh, that'll be interesting. So let's see if the Wolfpack can do the job. That game's on the ACC network, by the way. Oh, I wonder if West Durham's going to be on that. Probably will be. That'll be good stuff. In the Mid-American, Akron defeats... Kent State on the road, 77-71. Well, Achor Achor scored 35 for for Samford. Ali Ali scores 23 for Akron. We need a first-round matchup of Samford and Akron in the NCAA tournament. That's fantastic. Absolutely. This is good. This is really good. Akron, by the way, had 29 baskets in that game and only five assists. Oof. They only averaged four assists on 48.9% of their baskets, 215th in the nation. Might want to get some ball movement or something. Good Lord. Yeah, that blew me away. 29 made baskets, five assists. By the way, the number one team in the nation, Kansas, 69.9% of their made baskets have an assist. That's why they're, that's why they're going to beat Houston at Allen Fieldhouse in a few weeks. They are not going to beat Houston at Allen Fieldhouse. We may have we may have to do a live pod of us watching this game. We've, <laughs> we've built this wild. one up. I don't think it's been I don't think it's been a regular season game. We have built up like this in the twelve years we've been doing this podcast. <laughs> this is going to be a doozy. Wait, 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 didn't we build up a Duke Syracuse game this much? No, we did. ESPN <laughs> did. We did not. We did not. In the Mid-Eastern Athletic, Norfolk State beats Howard 65-61. They score the last seven points of the game and avenge a loss in last year's conference tournament final. Things coming up. Norfolk State here. Went on the road. Big time win there. 
Delaware State right now leads the conference, but all three of their wins have come against the bottom three. I think their time is going to be due. Norfolk, in my mind, has the edge now in that conference once Delaware starts playing somebody meaningful. Yeah, absolutely. Bill will come due soon enough for Delaware State. In the Big South, Asheville beats Winthrop 82-77, another big road win. Our boy Drew Pember, 29 points, 13 rebounds. Filling up that stat sheet, baby. That knocked Winthrop from the land of unbeatens. High Point now leads that conference with no losses. In the Coastal, NC Wilmington beats Charleston, 78-69. Charleston went cold at the end. They didn't score for the final 535. Did you see the video of the fans, the students, waiting outside to get in ahead of this game? They were out for blood. No, kid. No, I did not see this. There were hundreds of students outside the arena before they let them in. Cold, rainy day back back east. Yeah, they, 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 they got their blood. They stormed the court at the end. Wilmington and Charleston, if you want to look for a rivalry down in the mid-card uh, that delivers, that's one. There's some legitimate heat there. Good stuff. Out in the Big West, we have a developing situation. UC mm. Davis defeats Irvine 54-52 on Saturday. Davis might be for real this year. Their center, Nico Rokak, he scored just seven points, but he also had eight rebounds and six blocks. Ooh, he is a problem. Davis, Irvine, and UC San Diego all have one loss. Remember, though, San Diego... And be careful, this is UC San Diego, not the West Coast Conference's San Diego or the Big West San Diego State. They're not <laughs> eligible for the NCAA tournament and won't be part of the conference tournament. Not that San Diego, not the other San Diego either. San Diego just has too many universities. Pretty crazy. Out in my favorite conference, the Horizon, Green Bay beats Wright State 88-81, but then falls to Northern Kentucky 74-52. That puts Oakland a game up on the rest of the field with a big game coming up, Oakland at Green Bay on Thursday. And that's not Oakland, California. That's Oakland, Michigan. Yes. Okay, just get, your, get your Oakland straight. Get our San Diego straight. Get our Oakland straight. All, all y'all California cities look alike. I'm from Oakland. What is an Oakland street fight? Lex Luger would never survive an evening in Oakland. No, that's not wrong on that. On the bottom end of the horizon, IUPUI is a 17-point dog, one at Purdue-Fort Wayne, 85-79. DJ Jackson, 17 points off the bench. Damn, win it on the road. Fantastic. And then poor Detroit. Had one of their best shots to win all year. They lose in double overtime to Robert Morris, 102-99. Damn. So close, yet so far away. So Detroit and Mississippi Valley State are still winless. Mississippi Valley State, man, they just lost their 18th consecutive game this season. At home to Bethune-Cookman. They were a nine-point dog at home. That was one of their best chances to win a game this year. They have one more chance Monday. Florida A&M at home. They're a seven-point dog. Jeez. Clock's ticking. So I decided to look at, you know, Ken Palm is, is one of my favorite things to take a look at as far Absolutely. as dated chunking. Mississippi Valley State's Ken Palm ranking is minus 33.06. It's one of the worst ever since Ken Palm started doing rankings in 1999. The mm. worst ever was 2013 Grambling, which finished 0-28. They were minus 46-10. And they were 18.7 points behind the next worst team. Good grief. Now, Mississippi Valley is 10.18 points behind IUPUI. And losing about a point a game. So, plenty of time left. Plenty, plenty of time, of time to, left. To cushion, to cushion that margin. 
And, and then if you take Ken Palm to the highest level, with Mississippi Valley at minus 33 and Houston at plus 33 and a half, that means if they played each other on a neutral court, Houston would be a 66 and a half point favorite. Good grief. And you know, I think I'd probably take Houston minus 66 and a half. Oh, yeah. Because you know, every player on Houston's bench could probably start for Mississippi Valley State. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Finally, another team that we used to make fun of, but now they're our favorite team. Chicago State is on a four-game winning streak, including victories over Fairling Dickinson and Stetson. They beat East-West University 131-55 to on Friday, and they just beat St. Xavier of Illinois today 108-58. to that's not that's not Xavier. Uh, that's not Big East Xavier. That's no, that's Saint, Saint Xavier. Xavier. Yes, East West University. Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. Hey, you know who the presidents of East West University are? I hope it's Adrian Adonis and Jesse Ventura. Thank you, know. thank you. Okay. I was <laughs> <about that reference. laughs> the former AWA World Tag Team Champions. Fantastic. Fantastic. But Chicago State next plays Duquesne on January 13th. They're probably going to be about a 15-point dog. But if they can win all their remaining games, they could finish 15-15. and 15. And if so, I hope they get a tournament bid. It's in play. All right, let's check out the schedule for the coming week. On Tuesday, the first game that I see worth noting is a huge SEC matchup. Oh, wait a second. That's still a Big 12 matchup. Texas and Oklahoma <laughs> on ESPN, 4 p.m. Vegas time. Oh, man. Uh, can Duke get off the schneid? They go to Louisville. God, I hope they can. Uh, that's also at the same time. I don't, I'm guessing that's ACC Network. So, And if you want to see the big Russian dude or whatever nationality he is from Kentucky, they're at South Carolina on the SEC Network also at 4 p.m. South Carolina getting some buzz over the weekend that they're uh, they're possibly NCAA. We're the fifteen and three right now. I'm not sure they've really beaten anybody, but they went on the road when won at Arkansas over the weekend. So maybe there's something there, but th- there's not a lot of meat on that resume. So they're going to have to pick up some uh, conference trends along the way. This is an excellent opportunity for the Gamecocks to prove they're anywhere close to legitimate. There's a lot of teams in the SEC with gaudy records who will probably yes. remain with gaudy records only because they're playing everybody else in the SEC. I'm not sure the SEC is that good beyond three, maybe four teams if you count Kentucky. I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, Auburn, and you tell me who else there is in the league because I'm not buying anybody else. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yep. Exactly. The best game of the day is not on normal television Houston at BYU at 6 p.m. is on the plus. Oh, on on the West Virginia Sports Network. It's a, it's, it's 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 nice to have you know the the conference affiliation with the West Virginia Sports Network that the Big Twelve does. I'm sure they're thrilled by that arrangement. At 7:30 on Fox Sports One, Boise at Fresno. Typical Mountain West violence. Good stuff out west. Absolutely. On Wednesday, talking about SEC top runners, 4:30. On ESPN, Auburn at Alabama. Bama needs to bounce back. Iron Bowl on the hardwood. Big time opportunity for Bama. Coleman Coliseum will be hot for that. Good game there. At 5.30, same day, Villanova at St. John's on Fox Sports 1. Good Big East game. Old school Big East game there, too. That's good. And we'll find out how good Illinois is at 6 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. They're traveling to Northwestern. We've seen what Northwestern's been able to do at home this season. Keep an eye out for that one. At 7.30, Fox Sports 1, Colorado State at Nevada. Mountain West, good game there. Can't go wrong. And then if you believe that Washington's any good, and I'm not sure they are, Colorado traveling to Washington, 8 p.m. ESPNU. Could be entertaining. On Thursday, a game to watch on ESPNU. 
4 p.m. Purdue Fort Wayne at Northern Kentucky. That's Horizon Conference battles. Deep down the card, not a lot of not a lot of games Thursday that uh, that caught my eye. No, the, the big and, one the big one that's caught my eye is USF has to travel to Gonzaga. They have to bounce back from that St. Mary's beating. That's 6 p.m. on ESPN two. Tough ask there for the Dons. And Arizona State at Oregon, two of the top teams in the Pac-12, according to record. It's on the Pac-12 network. Of course it is. And, of course, the Pac-12 network's tick, tick, ticking toward a demise. I believe it's like June 12th is the last day of the Pac-12 network. Can't come soon enough. Are they auctioning off who gets to press the detonator on that? They ought to. You know, if their commissioner was any good, that would be a great gimmick. Therefore, it must not be happening. It won't happen. Yeah, exactly. On Friday, Michigan State at Wisconsin, 5 p.m. Fox Sports 1. That weird Big Ten Friday thing. But hey, it, it, it gets you a, a TV window. So that'll be interesting. And actually, on the U at 6 p.m., Utah Valley at Seattle. That could be a good game. Could be. Absolutely. And then Saturday. You know, the early slate on Saturday isn't that great. Uh, Kansas State at Houston on ESPN, Georgia, Florida on ESPN, too. Uh, it really doesn't start getting good until 1030 Vegas time. Kansas at Iowa State on CBS. Yeah, the, yeah, the Saturday slate is not as front-loaded as it was this week. NFL playoffs, they wanted to push some games up early. No, it'll be more spread out next week. Yeah, that Kansas-Iowa State game will be good. And by the way, at 10 a.m., Seton Hall is at Marquette on Fox Sports 1. Be careful with that one because Marquette will probably be a favorite, therefore they'll lose. Oh, good call on that. Very good catch. 11 a.m., Texas Tech at Oklahoma. It's another one that is banished to ESPN+. Plus. Of, of, of course it is. Just so so stupid. Uh, my Tar Heels, same time, on the road. At a place that has given them fits in the past at Florida State. Florida State's coming around after that uh, that rough non-conference showing for the Seminoles, but they've been uh, steady in ACC play. That's a tough, tough spot for Carolina. At 12.30 Vegas time on the SEC Network, interesting matchup. Auburn travels to Mississippi State. This, this is a classic sandwich game. Coming off of the Bama game, having to go on the road to a decent Mississippi State team, that's prime for an upset. Yeah, tough spot there for, for the Tigers. 1 o'clock Vegas, TCU at Baylor on the Deuce. That's going to be a game. Um, that's good. That's going to be a war, absolutely. And I'm a shock. No TV coverage on this so far. Utah State at Boise. Oh, that's got to be picked up somewhere along the line. Good grief. Same time, ACC showdown. Clemson trying to right the ship there on the road in Durham, taking on the Dukies. Clemson got one back this weekend. Can they do it again in Durham? We'll see. We'll see if Duke's healthy, too. Well, it's good to see that Duke's playing on a neutral court rather than a home court at Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden. (laughs) At 2.30 on Fox, huge Pac-12 game, Arizona at Oregon. See if the Ducks got anything for the Cats or if Arizona's going to keep rolling. And then, frankly, there's not a lot in the midday West Coast time. And I don't quite understand why, because, I mean, obviously football's going to be on Sunday. But I, I look all the way down to schedule here, and it gets to 7 p.m. before I see Utah at Washington on ESPN2 as a game worth watching. Yeah, the, ESPN's taking their hoops game day to Arkansas next week for the Kentucky game as total SEC pandering because that is far from the best game of the day. Even the So Tennessee's on the road. At, so Kentucky's on the road at Arkansas. Tennessee's on the road at Vanderbilt. Ole Miss, Ole Miss might be some. They're on the road at A&M. Could be a tricky night uh, for the road teams in the SEC. We'll see what happens on that. But, yeah, I, I'm. I, you can plan a night out with the uh, with a significant other if you want to Saturday night. And then on Sunday, wrapped around football, at 2 p.m., Memphis travels the UAB on ESPN. And way down at 7 p.m. on a Sunday night, Nevada, at the pit on Fox Sports 1. Very nice. And then we roll back to Monday, Big Monday, Duke at Virginia Tech on ESPN at 4, followed by Houston at Texas at 6. I'm still not sure Texas is really anything to, to write home about, but that should be a fun atmosphere with, uh, with the Cougars coming to town. So that's it. Another week of college basketball has passed. Another week of college basketball coming to you. We'll be back next Monday. We'll just be seven weeks away 
from Selection Sunday. We don't have to count them down yet. Look, let's, oh, come let's on. Enjoy I enjoy it, man. I had 63 days away. No, no wait. It no, it's less than that. Eight, 40, eight, sometimes uh, 56. How about 56? Yeah, yeah well, next time it's 49. Next Monday it'll be 49. Let's not count it down. Come on. It's, we're, we're, we're fine. Let's, let's, let's let the season stretch out. Let's you know, live the moment. All that stuff. Well, we do have leap year this year. We do have an extra day. Good point. Or does that? Or, wait a minute. If if we have leap year, does that mean it's a day? One more day? A day later? Or does that mean actually selection Sunday is a day earlier? <laughs> Don't get too deep into this. We got one more day of basketball than we would on any other year. <laughs> yeah, my brain's fried now. I got nothing else for the listening audience. Uh, near do I. Send us home. What, what do you got? Uh, uh, leap year babies. Uh, what, 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 <laughs> Well, no, no. For for Doc Brown, Marty McFly, and Biff Tannen, that's the best producer in the business. Alan Caps on Mikey Watson. We'll be back in a week talking more college hoops and what are, God knows what other shenanigans right here on Sixty Seniors.